Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Today is a Sunday of Mary of Egypt. In her time, was considered a great sinner as that type of woman was condemned like even the gospel in the lips of Jesus. But he came to forgive her. And she became a great model of sanctity for all of us, and that's why she's in the gospel. Some of the most disreputable people in society have wound up in the gospel. The ladies of the evening, tax collectors, money lenders, and each of them appealed to Jesus Christ by saying they tried to live a just life. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. If we go a little bit back, I'm always returning to Genesis because it tells us the most important things. And if without any understanding Genesis, you cannot really stand the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ our Lord, who came to save us. Now, Adam was born from the hand of God and the Holy Spirit from the soil of the earth. But he had a perfect, beautiful body with no new sin, with no new corruption. But God decided to give him a free will. And unfortunately for all of us, he decided to disobey God. What was his sin? God said to him, you can eat everything in the garden but the one tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Now, I'd like to know who needed that knowledge. That's not much of a gift, you know. To know evil is to live a bad life. To know good is to live an angelic life. And, of course, the angels, they only had free will. They didn't have anything else. They didn't have a body, although they appear on earth as young men. Uh, this body, this first body, was being prepared for perfection, and it was a body ready for perfection if Adam had not sinned. What happened to that first body? It became the body we have now, a fallen body. And so in our lives, when we're young, usually we have a young body and it's growing and it's sometimes painful. And then we become mature, youthful, we have a strong body, and, uh, and it becomes gradually mature, 
and so we'd become young men and young women. But it's a fallen body. And therefore, it's subject to the devil. He can tempt us. Or the body itself can become a source of good or evil. And in our lifetimes, at least most of us, we've seen a lot of evil. We've also seen some good. We've also lived with holy people who learn how to live with a fallen body and become saints. Such was Mary of Egypt. I remember years ago, Pius XII was probably my favorite poet because I knew that when I was a child, I knew there was Pius XII, and he was the Pope of Rome. And Catholics always belong to the Pope of Rome, even if they're Byzantine. And uh, I... uh, I was very uh, fascinated by him. So years ago, my mother took me to see a movie called The Wonders of the World. And one of the wonders of the world was the Pope being carried into St. Peter's in all his splendor on a litter by four men. And I looked at that and I began to cry. I was so moved. And affected my life and what it meant to be a Catholic. These things, he was a good man. I've read his life and I've read the life of his housekeeper. She was a piece of work, but she took care of him. He had a very bad digestive system. He suffered all the time. But when I would see him in the movies or wherever it may be, I always saw him at prayer. That's impressive to see people that are are prayers, and he was one. He was also a prince, an Italian prince. He also had been uh, the Vatican's ambassador uh, in Germany. Because of these things, later people who didn't know him at all, speculating about him, uh, would malign him. He was the great defender of downtrodden people. He was uh, uh, very defensive of the women of the evening, shall we say. Now, that is a serious sin. Uh, We are not supposed to use our body for incorrect reasons. We have these passions that we have to learn to control. And they start taking over us when we're teenagers, there may be more. I've seen children throw temper tantrums and their parents couldn't even keep them under control. I would never think of doing that to my mother in a public place. And they're spoiled. Spoiled. They should learn early in life, God does not like that. Anyway, Mary of Egypt, she was a woman of the evening. And if you read this morning's uh, matin service, she became a virtuous woman, loved by God, living an ascetic life. And of course, Pius XII, he uh, defended these women, especially in World War II and things like that, 
worked very hard to make a living. And some of these women had children. Some of them were widows. Some of them had senior parents. And they had to find a way to get money to feed the whole family. I remember a movie about a Russian family where one of the girls, she was like a contessa, she was titled. They were in Hong Kong or someplace. They had no money. So she was a handsome woman. And she went out and did things that handsome princesses don't do. And her family took her money but condemned her. Was it better that she let them starve? Pius XII defended these people. He said sometimes it's the only way they can survive, by preying on the weaknesses of men. He also made a special monsignor in charge of them as their chaplain in Rome. A lot of people were scandalized by that. A lot, I was scandalized. I thought about that. And I, uh, I reconsidered. Some people have to do what they have to do. Just like in your vocation, God calls you. You can argue with God as much as you want, but you're going to have to do what he wants you to do. Pius XII was a fine pope. The other popes coming after him, I'm waiting to see. But you know, I think, and each pope is a little different, but God may give us the pope we need for the times we are living in. Now back to repentance. <clears throat> My father told me, I said to him when I was pretty well grown up, when I was getting out of college, and I hadn't told the family that what I was going to do. And uh, I said, Dad, is there anything I would do that would displease you? <clears throat> he said, only if you left the church. I always find everything the church does is attractive, but it's still Jesus Christ's church, and it's run by fallible people some of them sinners. So I cannot judge the church and say, I must say all of them are sinners, including you and I. But I must not judge the church by that. I must judge the church by the saints it has produced. And in every generation, known or unknown to us, Jesus Christ is producing saints. And they will be tested. And they will be graced or not graced because of their will and their passions. Your passions are given to you for good and for evil. The passion of sexuality is good when you get married and you give children to God. That's the only time we're supposed to be dealing with that. It even can be abused sometimes in marriage. That also is a grave sin. But Paul tells us in Corinthians to take care of each other's needs. I always think it's sort of a crime for a man to marry a woman 
and not to get, pr pr provide her with the child. So one man came in for newly married about a year for uh, counseling with me. It's the wrong guy to go to, you know. And he's telling me he's married and he doesn't really know his wife too well. They've only been married a year. And he says to me, now we're going to have a baby. So I said, um, did you have relations with her? Well, yes. I said, well, that's what it's about. It's about babies. Not for fun and games. People come to confession and they said, tell you things that they should be the exception to the rule. There's no exception to God's holy will. Some people are thieves and they, just, they destroy the lives of other people, especially senior citizens, by taking their money from them. They say, well, we'll give you a new roof for $500. They take the $500 and they disappear. Well, nobody can get a roof for $500, but the poor soul is innocent or doesn't really know what a roof costs. I met a man in the um, eye doctor's office, senior man, uh, in Seattle, and he had a housekeeper. She was an immigre from Russia. That, that, that could, that's not part of the story, but he was, he was terrified of her. I said, well, fire her. He says, well, I'm afraid of her. And he says, if I fire her, will I get another housekeeper? He says, I can't do these things myself anymore. So some people are brutes, taking advantage of people who are not fully caring for themselves. They need some help in the house or whatever it may be. That's a grave sin. Worse than maybe sexual sins. Mary of Egypt is a model of repentance. And all during these Sundays of Lent, we have been studying models of repentance. All of them different. The reason you were born the reason you came into this life, the reason you continue to live is to do God's will. It's hard to practice the theological virtue, faith, hope, and charity. It's okay if everything's always going your way, but that's hardly true in any life. Faith, Hope and charity are infused in you through the sacraments. They're the touches of God, of Jesus Christ, the great high priest, who gives us these gifts. He is present in those sacraments, anointing you, baptizing you, marrying you, ordaining you, making you a holy monk by your vows. He loves all of you. But do you treat his gifts well? I hope you do. Many people think it's just a ceremony. It's not just a ceremony. That's broken soul of yours. It is the medicine for the journey. Mary of Egypt, 
We're trying to get into church, the very holy church, the church of the Holy Sepulchre. Somehow she could not get in there. She'd try and the crowd would push her back if she didn't shove it around. She'd gone down on pilgrimage from uh, Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, from Egypt, so she thought business would be good there. Probably was, knowing the weaknesses of men. Even on pilgrimage, shame on them. So anyway, these other pilgrims were probably marked with the sanctifying grace. She couldn't get in the church, so she looked up and she saw the icon of the Holy Mother of God. And she thought to herself, what am I doing? Who is the supreme example of womanhood in the whole creation? The Mother of God. In tears, she wept and went across the Jordan. That's a symbol of baptism. She got out into the desert and she lived there. Zosima was a monk, priest monk, hero monk. And he, in, in his monastery, the abbot wasn't a pushover like me. But when Lent would come, he would give each monk a loaf of bread and send them into the desert to do penance. Was Zosima met Mary. Uh, she wouldn't come near him. She says, don't come near me. She says, I'm nude. I have no clothing. She realized that her body was a source of temptation to men. So he had put on his uh, rasan. He threw it to her. And that's the outer covering of a, a priest or monk when he goes on a formal occasion. His habit's underneath. And he, uh, she grabbed it and she came out. And he says, can I do anything for you, Mary? She said, if you would bring me the holy gifts, that's Holy Communion, at Easter time. He says, I will. And every Easter, as long as she lived, he would go at Easter time and bring her the body, blood, soul, and divinity Jesus Christ. She prepared for a life, you know, by the life of penance in the desert for communion once a year. She couldn't get it in the church because they wouldn't let her in the door. But in isolation, living a disciplined life of prayer, a monk was sent to her. Finally, one year, he went out at Easter time with the holy gifts to give her holy communion. He found her body. In a note she wrote, please bury me. And a great beast was guarding her. A lion of Judah stood over her body until Azosima had arrived. This was a holy body, a body of sin, purified by penance in the Holy Eucharist, a body of sanctification. An example of repentance to us. My dear brothers and sisters, this is a lovely time of year, Great Lent. It's probably my favorite time of year because 
the liturgy, especially at Matins, is so beautiful. And the prayers are beautiful. Pre-sanctified liturgy is beautiful. And we're lucky we can receive Holy Communion every day. We do not celebrate the Eucharistic prayer except on Sundays and feast days in Lent if they fall. We repent from that resurrection prayer, the Eucharistic prayer. It's a time to think, to pray, to make a time of retreat, to make special things in the home, special foods. And everybody in the home should cooperate in that. They just make their own special dishes and the traditional dishes if you know them. Or if you have traditional dishes that you use for Easter, it's a good thing to celebrate. Usually, we receive on each of the foods we didn't eat all through Lent. Meat, dairy products, pasta, the special bread, which is a symbol of the resurrection. We light special candles, an Easter candle. When I was a kid, my mother, my aunts and uncles, my grandmother, they cleaned the house for Easter. You could eat off the floor. Everything is beautiful. New curtains at the windows, at least clean ones that they'd had. Beautiful linens, uh, beautiful food. And of course, you know, for us, Easter is not one day, it's the full bright week. It's from Sunday until the following Saturday. It's a time of joy and celebration. It's a time to realize why Christ died on the cross. It's a time to realize who we receive in the holy gifts. So Holy Thursday will spend as a memorial to the Last Supper. Our Christ, our Savior, our Jesus Christ is magnificent. He died for us. And the blood that flowed from his side comes to us in the holy chalice. And the body that suffered comes to us in the holy consecrated host. It's the body and blood that went straight to heaven and Christ showed to the Father. He showed him his broken body with the beautiful wounds in his side, in his hands, in his feet. And he is with us. But resurrected in the body and blood, the Holy Eucharist. We are Easter people. And our song is of joy. And if we be in pain, we think of our Lord's pain and we join him. And if we be well, we thank him for good health. If we have life in this world, we take care of it because it's a great gift. Not that we're in this world, but we have the destiny of the kingdom of heaven, that we can be joyful for all eternity. And there also there will be special food. And that body that you lost, that beautiful body, it was sinless in the temptation of no one, but full of glory, the glory of God. And we return to you more splendidly. You will be beautiful, a thing of glory, because you are the body of Christ. You've been fed on the body of Christ. Your sins are forgiven, and you are his great creation. And he wants to share with you 
his divinity. The second Peter, it says in one line, you'll be partakers of the divine life, or divine divinity. I'm paraphrasing now. Of the divine life. That's a Christian. One who partakes of divine life, is he's another Christ, she's another Christ. They're heavenly beings. You're on your way. I wish you a very blessed penance for this season, preparation for the great feast, and the joy of Easter resurrection. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.